The following podcast is recorded and produced by the Podcast Precinct in affiliation with the network at BICBP-radio.com. The Podcast Precinct. Consistency. Creativity. Culture. Welcome to another episode here at the Kick Pod Podcast, the podcast dojo for inspirational martial arts talk. I'm your host, TJ Williams, fourth degree black belt of the Chuck Norris system, here to give you an insider of my martial arts journey, discussing and analyzing martial arts-based subjects, and highlighting individuals involved in martial arts past, present, and future. And for those who just joined me for the first time, this is a pre-recorded episode, so whatever I talk about in this episode is either already passed or is coming up in which um we are in march right now with <clears throat> well we're still in march and as we know march is women's history month all right so we have to give props to all the women in uh, martial arts history on this day and of course uh well i like to give um props for like three of them that um that i know very well of course you got uh cynthia rock rock <clears throat> her rock rock i can't even say their name roth rock or something uh, yeah <clears throat> she definitely is a pioneer in martial arts you know you're seeing her in a lot of movies somebody like she competed in like tournaments mostly kata wise and of course um i know she's still training she was honored for many hall of fame um awards and, you know, you got so many women out there that's uh, really are pioneers in martial arts. So it would be, oh, another one is, um, of course, uh, Ferdia Gibb. Of course, you know, she's the former women's kickboxing heavyweight champion. Well, alongside of um, uh, Kathy, Kathy Long, who I had on the show. Yeah, she's also a former champion. You have to give those. Well, definitely, if you haven't had a chance to. Uh, listen to uh, uh, Kathy Long's um, interview. I mean, it's still on um, the BIC BP Radio um, website as well. I have a, uh, the actual video of our interview on YouTube, and she, we pretty much went almost in like an hour and a half long um, interview, which is also great. And if you actually remember the movie Batman Returns, yeah, she was the stunt the stunt woman, or should I say the fight. Oh, she did pretty much not all the stunts for Catwoman, but but mostly the fight scenes. She did um, the 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 stunts. Right, so so let's just give our props to those women, and really uh, give our props to all women that are in martial arts. And three the the three that actually come to mind when I think of martial arts or women in martial arts is. Um, there you go. You got Andrea Harkins. You got um, Jane Miser, uh, Jane Larkins Miser, and uh, Rosita or Rosina De Jesus. Uh, Rosita De Jesus. Yeah, all those three women are definitely are 
Well, let's just say I could say they they have a best understanding of what martial arts is. And if you catch their show, the Java Buzz on Friday mornings, well, if you live in um the Eastern um Eastern time zone, yeah, you, you'll still be on about nine nine o'clock nine thirty. Or of course, if you live in the Pacific area, yeah, you'll it'll start about like six o'clock six thirty. I mean, you just got Rosita living in Seattle. I mean, you got, uh, yeah, Racina, she lives in Seattle. We got um, Andrea that lives in Arizona. And, of course, uh, I think Jane lives in um, Kentucky. I mean, out of all these three, all, all these three women, I had, like, two as a guest. Of course, I had Racina and um, Andrea. And, of course, I was uh, a guest on um, on um, Jane uh, Larkin's pod- podcast, uh, the, um, uh, I forgot the name of it, but you know, I'm on there, you know, just explaining everything about my martial arts journey. And if you catch that on YouTube or even on, um, Facebook, you, um, you look up, um, Jane Larkin Miser. Yeah. She has, uh, our webpage or a page of her cry school. So you might see me on there with an interview. So it's, it's great. No, I've, it's great to actually be at least on one of these ladies. When I was really asking her to be a guest on my podcast, but you know, she has a busy life, but you know, it's real nice to be a guest on her podcast and eventually I'll have her as a guest. All right. So just let's say, give your honors to all the women during this month of uh, women's history month. All right. I want to kind of get what today's subject and my um, subject is um, should, should there be courses required for students going for black belt? You know, here's the thing. All right. Over the weekend I had to do a, uh, well, I didn't say I have to do it, but you know, it's required for my next rank, which, uh, which is fifth degree. You know, if you're going for fifth degree, you are required to take a, Master Development um, Series course, which is we call yeah the MDS, right? and it's required for your fifth degree. All right, so we have to take like level two levels, level one and level two, and just explaining um, what level one, level two is. Level one is our philosophy of the Chuck Norris system, our basic um, components that we use. With um, explain how to do proper technique. No, mostly um, it's um, well the level one is upper body. I mean upper body's um strikes, blocks, and everything that involves upper body uh movement. Uh, well, just not to leave the lower body. You no, know, we have to be in a good proper stance. All right, so that's the level one, and of course I took that last year in um Vegas. And our, our during our convention, I mean, one that's required for fifth degree. No, I had to get that done. And just over this weekend, I got uh, level two. <clears throat> I just did level two of the MDS, which is why um, pretty much disconcerting because because I had to go on Zoom to do it. And you no, know, I had a choice to going on Zoom and doing the MDS or traveling to Texas to actually participate in uh, the the in the course so it was a lot easier for me to actually really um the really to really take the course on, online <clears throat> because you know 
one thing, you know, I just got my new job like a few weeks back and, you know, I mean, I'm trying to save my money for the IT, for the convention that we got. And we are, and um, of course, uh, I want to at least save money for that. And, you know, there's other things I got to do, pay bills. And, you know, I'm looking out to get a new car and, you know, all this, all this stuff, you know, I'm trying to pay, pay all these bills and, you know, I'm not trying to travel yet, but, you know, I'm just waiting for the, um, the July just to get rid, just to at least save all my money. But nevertheless, um, no, these courses, you know, you may feel like it's boring that you're sitting there and just listening, but you know, it is kind of informational if you're thinking about it. Because, you know, there's always eye openers and certain techniques that we throw. Yeah, and this is why I ask, this is why I say, there sh should there, this is why I ask, should there be courses required for students going for black belt? I mean, one thing in traditional martial arts, it is like we're technical. I mean, we have to pretty much think technical in order for people to understand traditional techniques you know, as far as um, evolving into like <clears throat> today's uh, way of self-defense, uh, you know, we, we, uh, of course, I mean, there's no, there's nothing technical about today's self-defense because it's street fighting or mostly you're fighting out in the streets. And, you know, that's what the whole MDS is kind of incorporating, incorporating street, streetwise fighting, like, well, incorporating streetwise fighting to traditional martial arts. No, that's what we. Well, when you are trained in traditional martial arts, it's a it's a set martial arts. You know, you can't change anything unless you're looking to create your own style, and then you can do what you want. Okay, so in that case, like you know, if, if you watch movies, like you watch, um, of course, uh, Ip Man, or you think follow Bruce Lee. You know, really, you got Ip Man that um, takes, that um, creates Wing Chun, go, um, come from Kung Fu. My Kung Fu or Gung Fu, whatever you call it, Kung Fu, you pretty much are, have taken, well, you're taking pretty much anything from Kung Fu and bringing it to your own style. So that's what Wing Chun was. It's like the movements of Kung Fu is put in this uh, Wing Chun. And in this case, Bruce Lee took what he got from Wing Chun and created his own style of Juku Do. It's just, it was just like an involvement, an evolution of like one style. Like in this case, in our style, the Chuck Norris system, I mean, you began with the uh, certain like style uh, ancient style and it evolved into either taekwondo or tanksudo and in this case chuck norris or grandmaster chuck norris took what he got from tanksudo and kind of evolved to, into his own style originally it was called the chuck norris system and then it changed to chunk cut do you know kind of give it a name and of course, then change back to the Chuck Norris system. You know, everything has to have a, a blend of any martial arts style. But in this case, you know, in our martial arts style, we kind of blend other styles into our curriculum, making our martial arts styles a little better. 
you know, and the thing is, um, with martial, with martial arts nowadays, well, with our martial arts style, I mean, this is why the black belt testing kind of changes once in a while, because we have to make it challenging for our upcoming students, you know, black belt testing should always be challenging. You know, something has to be new. I mean, we, when I first, like I said, when I, if you look into my first um, episode, you know, I talk about my first um, black belt test. I mean, you know, you got, you had your traditional katas, then you have, you're drilling with um, traditional techniques. And from there, you are, you're um, are going for like, uh, you're doing like traditional one steps. Somebody throws a punch at you and then you, then you end it with sparring. So that was pretty much my first um, black belt test. And then, you know, nowadays, and then now it kind of kept evolving, evolving. Like things kind of got added. As in, um, instead of doing like design, well, I tell you back years ago, I could say probably, probably like close to 20 years ago, all we did was like design one steps. I mean, yeah, I remember that from like my first black belt test. It wasn't just like you had to, um, they teach you um, one step and you had to memorize that for a test. You had to design your own, your own um, one steps. I mean, one steps that probably made sense. But, you know, nowadays it's like we eliminate um, one steps. It's like you ain't thinking about somebody throwing a punch at you. You're somebody is um, technically grabbing you. And you have to get out of there. So that's pretty much what we're doing with our style. We're trying to evolve like the self-defense portion of our martial arts. You know, it's it is it is what pretty much it is nowadays because the rise of technology. People are learning how to fight offline. You know, you no know, people are just not saying they're not going to waste their money going to a student or a karate dojo just to learn martial arts. But you know, there's always a um, not oh, there's a, there's always some type of setback doing that. You, know, you don't want to think that you're going to be self-taught, and then all of a sudden you're you're a fighter. You know, there's all type of fighters out there. You got people that used to play football. You know, people that were martial artists in the past, and you know, people are just amateur wrestlers. You know, people have that quality. Everybody has that quality of a fighter. Or somebody that's been in the army. It could be like a fighter out in the streets. You know, you're dealing with different types of... You're not going to fight a martial artist out in the street. You gotta, you're going to fight anybody that has any athletic background. You know, don't expect somebody that's going to be out there fighting with a baseball bat. You know, if they're good with that bat, then you know... They're dangerous. Right? Going pretty much going back to what I was saying, like, should there be courses required for students going for a black belt? Well, in my opinion, well, in my saying in my mind, I say yes. And then pretty much on the other side of my mind it says no. You know, the yes part is, you know, other than teaching them the requirements for a black belt test, but you kinda have to have like them take a course. Like they say well, think of it almost like a a test before the test, like kind of train their minds, like 
in in some sense kind of prepare them of being an instructor. So they basically I'm think, saying that this course should be required in this in this case so they know what's like being an instructor. So that's what I'm thinking. Like this is like if for those who are going for black belt, they should take this course to at least see how knowledgeable they are with the techniques. So in this case, they'll be certified to be an instructor by the time they go for black belt. So, so in this case, it could be a requirement. It could not be. Well, I'm just saying no to the NSI because, you know, you know, you can't force somebody to be an instructor or you can't force somebody to at least ex- tell them to explain to you, like, what do you do? How do you perfect? How do you perform this technique or how do you perfect it if it's done wrong? But in this case, it, this course should be. Well, it should be a course saying that this is what you should be prepared for. Like, not what you should be are ready for. But nevertheless, when you think of these courses, like, really, I don't know. Should it be courses for underbelts as well? I mean, you know, we have to at least under, let these um, students know that, you know, they're Everything is important in what they train them. So we got to treat that. It's like, you know, they always, stu- they're students, they always have questions concerning these techniques. Like for me, over the weekend, you know, there was certain ways how to, like, um, like, you know, how to teach people to do roles. You know, that's like the hardest thing that we teach students. You know, we teach we teach students these because these are defensive techniques you know it's it seems like a little fun but doing it right will help them get better get better with their defense or get ready get better with their agility so it's always best to teach them how to do things properly but you know like i said this is i mean in my mind should be required and you know, and he's just thinking about like you have to be prepared for anything, because you know, you never know they could be an assistant one day, or even cover for another black belt. You know, even if when they don't want to, you know, that's just me. You know, I never wanted to teach. I never wanted to cover for anybody, because you know, teaching is just like it's nerve wracking. But you no, know, nowadays, you know, I be, I develop that understanding that. You know, if I build that, well, I built so much confidence in teaching that it became second second nature. It's like, you know, I become a better, better, better instructor, better leader because of the amount of time I taught. You know, I'm looking at nine years right now being an instructor. You know, it's like now I just enjoy it. It's like when I come home, it's like. I have come, well, you know, it's kind of like a win or lose situation, especially depending on how much you go over. Excuse me. But I say, like, it's always best to be an instructor and really try to train these kids. You know, it's not about how much money you make. It's not about make, well, just telling people what to do. You know, it's. No, you, this you being a leader of your army. You don't leave your army behind. You know, that's what I learned throughout the years. It's like you're, 
you're also a fighter as well when you're leading a uh, leading a group of students. Uh, it's just that's how it is, and I think this is why cor- these courses should be required. How much of a leader can you be at when you once you get your black belt? I mean, you made it up to the top point of your martial arts training. I mean, why not show if you're a leader of your training? Why not be a leader of a new generation? You know, with some of these kids, it's tough. Like nowadays with the rise of technology, you know, and it's just you're competing against a lot of things. You're competing against at the school sports. You're competing against like video games, you know, your uh, television. You're competing against all of those. And, you know, it's kind of tough now because, you know, if if you think you're doing good, there's always someone out there doing better that's going to spark people's interest. You know, thing is that martial arts almost has to be the after school kind of activity. You know, when you're, you're when you're doing sports, you know, you're doing it like almost once a year. But with martial arts, you're doing it all year round. You know, that's something, you know, you could be prepared for sports. But nevertheless, you know, martial arts should be like the main thing, main sport that you should go for. And you never know, you know, when you develop your interest in martial arts, you know, you never know. You could go out and for a competition. You know, there's so many martial arts that I know going out there and being competitors. You know, like I, I was talking to Yule Carter. I mean, he was probably like one of the the top guys that competed. And, you know, yeah, I think he was in my division at one time. You know, I'm not going to ever beat Yule Carter. And, you know, as I think of that one um, one moment when we were at uh, Kumite Classics um, in 2013, and, you know, I was looking for videos on YouTube to see if they caught me competing, but, you know, I couldn't find anything. You know, there's got to be at least a video of me because there's always somebody filming. Yeah, and I think that was the year I met Kurt Angle. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, just um, get that um, kind of situated. All right, so just the kind of review of what I was ta- talking about in my show, you know, should there be courses required for students going for black belt? Well, I said yes and no. I mean, yes, because, you know, you're preparing them for being an instructor and you want them to test one and kind of test their leadership, you know, for being a leader, you know, you have to talk loud, you have to be energetic, you know, you can't be that monotone type of person that just like says, that's just, just talking a low voice and then, you know, you're not motivating the students. It's like, you know, you and you always kind of don't have to be a fast talker and you can't be nervous when you're in front of people you know public speaking just think of it as public speaking you know you got all these people that are sitting here they just they come to see you because you're successful and of course if you don't know how to talk to these people you know one thing they're going to think that they're wasting their time for somebody that's successful but doesn't know how to talk to people but you got to be that person. You know, people see you as a su- successful. You got to at least know 
that you can talk to people and motivate them for them for them to understand your success. No success isn't made easy. You know, being in front of people isn't easy. But you know, you gotta make sure you take that extra step to really build that confidence. You know, there's always gotta be a confidence builder. You know, if you're always not building that confidence, you're always gonna be in the same place. You know, for me, I don't wanna be in a like you like in this for in this case, you don't wanna be stuck at the same job for so many years. I mean you may say that you love it, but in all actuality, you don't because, you know, you're getting the same like hours and probably the pay probably is not good. And, you know, for me, like I had one job for 10 years, you know, I don't know why. I mean, it's doing the same position, but, you know, it wasn't working for me. You know, I had said I had to get out of this position so I can have like a decent life. You know, for me now, the job I have now, of course, working five straight straight days from morning to afternoon and I get weekends off so I can enjoy my weekend. But, you know, eventually I want to evolve away from that so I can set my own schedule and, you know, I still get paid a ton of money. And in this case, I don't, I can like make my own vacations. I mean, I don't think I can go on vacation every week if I want to, but you know, I still work and make money. You know, I want to try, also try to stay away from those scams. You know, so many scams out there saying that you can make these big, all this big money and not work. And actually, you know, that person that lure you in that scam, like go takes off with your money. And, you know, you don't see them again. They go rogue. And, and, you know, just just that's what disgusts me about most people. You know, people are not being authentic. You know, they just don't want to work. You know, since the pandemic, you know, they're always cracking down on people that are actually working. And then all of a sudden they are trying to lure people into scams, which is terrible. You know, I say to them, they need to really need to really evaluate themselves you know, you can still get go out there and work, but you know, people choose to really scam people out of their money, and that's why you see so many people are hacking uh, Facebook people's Facebook messengers or people's Facebooks. No, if you're gonna if you're gonna be stupid and hack somebody's Facebook and p- pretending to be somebody else, you know, you're just low. You're low and you're disgusting. You, know, you should go out there. And you should just start being an authentic person and stop being a thief. You know, it's just, that's a shame. All right. So that's just something that that's really important. All right. So that's just a a little bit of what I want to talk about in my episode. So if you think that there should be courses required for Black Belt, I mean, kind of give your feedback on what you think. I mean, because, you know, even you don't even have to have courses. You could just have like certain like meetings. Like that's how you just do like certain like, you know, like have a meeting with all the students and like like on a certain day that there's no training. It's like saying, what do you think you need to do to get better with black to be prepared for black belt? Or, like, And then you say, 
Why, what, um, what, uh, takes you away from being an instructor? What's your fear? No, we want to talk about that. I mean, we shouldn't have to push people into teaching. We should just like, just give them, like, give them their opinion, get their opinion on things. All right. So this is probably my thought and what, so on what, what I think. Hey, right. well, for those who are just tuning in to my tune in to, to my uh podcast make sure you tune into my previous episodes on the bicbpradio.com apple podcast and spotify and i'll see you next time for another episode here at the uh, uh kick pie podcast this is your host tj williams bowing you out